0: You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candice Cooper. My co-host, JJ Jackson, at underscore JJ, underscore Jackson, underscore. You can follow him there on Twitter. He is also a host of Locked On Blue Devils. Lovely to have him here on this Tuesday as we go over the next group of teams from week three. It's going to be an exciting time. We know week three was a struggle. If you heard on Monday's show, you have to catch up. If you want to hear any Locked on ACC or any of the conference, I strongly suggest you follow our podcast. There's no better place to get your conference news than Locked on ACC. You can follow us. On Twitter, at LockedOnACC, you can hit us up on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, or you can download the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts, we're available. JJ, how's it going? I hope you had a great weekend.
0: Same to you, Candace. I did have a good weekend. Fall season is here. It's a full swing. We're getting into uh, the hang of it. And uh, I had a whole lot of fun, a lot of good games to watch over the weekend. And uh, we've definitely got a lot of things to talk about, several games to break down. So let's get to it, Candace. Listen, I'm ready for it. Let's start with our friends in
1: Winston-Salem. They happen to play another team that you cover here on the show, Florida State. A great matchup. Of course, we were very excited to see what Florida State was going to do coming off of that Jacksonville State loss, but it seems to be same seminal, same problems. I would love to go over the fact that Wake Forest is trying to knock on that Atlantic Division door and telling us, hey, we're here. Like Coach Cawson always says, "Like sometimes people think we're in the middle of the road, but we're trying to make our case to be one of the best wake forest holding Florida State's only 14 points winning the game with 35 there Sam Hartman having a day with two touchdowns and 259 yards what were some things that stuck out to you about this game
0: um just that wake forest looks so in control in this contest like in my opinion it never really felt like the game Was in doubt. Uh, Florida State definitely is struggling to start the year, which is really surprising given how well they played that first week of the season versus Notre Dame. I thought Florida State was a team that you figured would be more competitive throughout the ACC this entire season. I was just wrong, right? And we talked about last week the really bad Mm -hmm. loss that they had against Jacksonville State. This week it continued for Florida State. They struggled once again. They're back to changing quarterbacks all the time between McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis. Uh, But uh, let's give credit to Wake Forest. I mentioned uh, Sam Hartman as one of my top quarterbacks in the conference that we don't talk about as much. We talk about the other Sam a hell of a lot more and Sam Howe. And so I thought Hartman had a great game. And shout out to Wake Forest being unbeaten through three weeks of play. Listen, it is
1: one thing to lose to Jacksonville State, but you assume things are going to change. You're going to adjust and get better. Mark Norvell, I got questions, big dog. Like I, know, I already know Jersey Drake is going to come with that energy on Friday and be super <laughs> upset about his team. But there's so many unanswered questions and so much confusion so much confusion that maybe we should just get a little more comfortable with saying Florida state's not going to be who they used to be. Like maybe Miami is not going to be who they used to be. And that's okay. Like some teams may never get back to their glory years. Like they had some high moments in the eighties, a little bit of the nineties, but maybe that was all they got. And one day they'll find a coach to spark some fire. And you have those people who are on like, I remember back in 1973, like, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. we'll have that energy, but maybe we should just start making, get more comfortable with, the changing of tides when it comes to football dominance.
0: You know, that's really valid, Candace, because as you're saying that I'm sitting here thinking Nebraska is a team that everybody talks about having their heyday in the 70s, the 80s, whatever it, well before my time of existing here on planet Earth. I can't fathom Nebraska being just this powerhouse football program because in my lifetime that just hasn't been the case. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it is sort of a changing of the guards and we just need to accept that. Florida State and Miami are just going to be good every now and again. Let's give Florida State credit. They have won a national championship within this past decade. But, uh, boy, these last few years haven't looked very good. No, for sure, Nebraska was a great example because my
1: dad talks about Nebraska and Oklahoma. Like, yeah. while, while Oklahoma has, certainly has been good these recent years, it's just like, man, they, that's who everybody wanted to be, and you know all right. those good stories. We do not talk about that in the same no, way, we, not especially at all. with Miami. We watch all the documentaries, right? We watch, you know, the flash and the turnover trains. Yeah, and you know, Ken on yesterday's show was talking about how like the turnover change is cool if you're dominating. It's not so cool when you're like looking for that in your games, right? You're begging for the opportunity. Florida State, they're begging for chances to, like, be dominant and have their, you know, fans be really into it. And now it's, like, pulling teeth every single game to find a win. But, you know, here we are. Another team that did not have to pull teeth. Let me tell you about Syracuse. They they won a game they were supposed to win, which is not often here in the ACC. We can't always say that's a guarantee. They beat Albany's 24 24- Still a quarterback question here. Tommy DeVito had a decent game, right? But there's still unanswered questions about who is going to lead this team. And you shouldn't be having that in week three.
0: Yeah, Schrader came in, Garrett Schrader, that is, and and looked really impressive at quarterback for Syracuse as well. We talked earlier this season about those first couple of weeks for Syracuse. Looked really unimpressive in a game versus Rutgers. And then against Ohio, didn't score as many points as I was expecting Syracuse to. So the fact that you were able to score 62 points, great. But at the end of the day, this is Albany, who hasn't won a game yet. This is an FCS opponent uh, that, quite frankly, is just not a good football program. Um, So credit to them for scoring. Uh, That's a good thing. But still, plenty of questions remain for the Syracuse football team, including at quarterback. I'll say this, though. We can't deny what they've got in the backfield, though, because Sean Tucker, another good day, 132 yards, four touchdowns, only 13 carries, though. Like, they wanted to throw the football, didn't feel the need to give Sean Tucker the ball that much because every time they gave it to him, he picked up a first down or a touchdown. I mean, that's pretty successful to me. I would keep giving him the ball, uh, but I think he's really good. They know they've got something in the backfield there. Now it's just a matter of who's going to be our quarterback. Absolutely. You know, when I look at two teams
1: who both want, both have head coaches that are kind of on the hot seat, I'm saying Syracuse is doing enough, right? And Coach Norvell, when the Florida State, we were just talking about, I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? That's making me going to feel like you're the man to see us through these storms. Are you going to weather the storm? Cause these are your guys now, right? These are your players that you've recruited and you brought in. So it's put up or shut up. Like as much as we talk junk about Willie Taggart, he wasn't losing these kind of games. He wasn't losing Jacksonville State. He was keeping it close, at least tighter with with Wake Forest. And I mean, I don't. I think he lost one Wake Forest, and that's what ultimately got him out of there. But there was still there are certain teams that you just don't lose to. So all that say all that to say, I feel like Danino Babers should get a little more grace. Maybe we'll talk to Tyler on Thursday and see if that happens. But those are my thoughts. But there's a lot of coaches
0: that I also feel like are, their their seats are getting a little bit spicier than they thought they were when they started this season. Also, I need to give Sean Tucker some more love, Candace, because I completely overlooked this. Please. He had three catches for 121 yards and another touchdown. This guy had over 250 all-purpose yards and yeah. five touchdowns in one game. I thought that Duke knew how to do this with just an all-everything running back in Mateo Durant. Right. But Syracuse has one, too, and Sean Tucker, so shout-out to him for an outstanding five total touchdowns over 250 combined yards. Listen, he's making a case for running back of the year in the conference. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, all right,
1: college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Pack? It offers Prize Picks. There it is. Okay, Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entry. You can take over on LeBron, or you can take under. On Sam Howell, whatever you like on the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both App Store and Google Play. Entries that can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. And as you are heading through the season, I'm sure you are traveling. You want to make sure your car is in good shape. So make sure you hit up Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30 to 50 to 80, even 100% more for the same parts as a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? Prices are reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto has everything you need: brake ta- parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore Rock Auto's easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, right locked on in there. How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com. Speaking today with Locked on Blue Devils, host JJ Jackson talking about some of these games here. And of course, we're going to get to the favorites. We got to get to the Coastal Division. Both of us have had spent our time many a day covering the two teams that we're going to start with. Let's start with Duke. The Nerd Bowl, Duke versus Northwestern. Of course, many people assumed that it wasn't going to be an easy one for Duke. There's been a challenge. I think everyone has held them kind of in a negative light since that Charlotte game. But they have truly bounced back to me. And there's not a lot you can say for ACC right now. So I'm taking the high wins, 30-23 to overall in the win. Gunnar Holmberg serving, having a great day with over 300 yards. I would just love to hear from the guy himself. What were your thoughts about this game?
0: Yeah, I was really impressed with what Duke – showed on, on Saturday inside Wallace Wade Stadium versus Northwestern. This was a game where Duke led 21-0 at the end of the first quarter. So pretty quickly you knew that this was going to be their football game. They led 30-7 to at halftime. Mm-hmm. Now there are a couple of negatives that can go in there as well because you mentioned the final score being 30-23. to So Duke was held scoreless in the second half and did turn the football over three times. Gunnar Holmberg threw another interception just a second of the year. Much better pace than we've seen from Chase Bryce a year ago. But Mateo Durant did have two fumbles, which was uncharacteristic from what we've seen out of him. Still had a great day. Still had over 100 yards on the ground. Still had two more touchdowns. He's now got eight total on the year, which is outstanding. The Duke defense, though, is really what stood out to me. They forced five turnovers. They hadn't forced any turnovers through their first two weeks of the season. On Saturday, three interceptions, two forced fumbles, And it was the defensive effort that really impressed me. Because I mentioned that second half where Duke's not scoring. Guess what? Northwestern was, and Duke had to make plays down the stretch to close out and win the football game. They were able to do that to hold off Northwestern and pick up their second one of the season.
1: Yeah, Mr. Carter and that company had to have an inner conversation. That defense had to have a conversation that second half because you don't want to keep winning ugly, but however it comes, I think Duke right now is going to be great. And I also say, you know, we talked so much junk. Well, me, let me say, I talked so much junk about Coach Cutt after Charlotte game. And now I'm sitting here saying, OK, well, if we're going to have the guy go out. Let's get some good wins out of it. Right. Let's have <laughs> some strong, solid power five wins. Not every team in the ACC can say that. Right. So that's certainly something to look forward to. Now, let's jump to the game of the night. Carolina versus Virginia. It was certainly a matchup that no one, you know, if you are living under a tree, you knew that there was going to be a shootout, right? I assumed that it was going to be, you know, high flying every single down. And then Virginia decided to, to go to sleep a little bit in that second half. And that was the first time we saw Carolina make second half adjustments. 59 to 39 ended up being the final score. But for me,
0: this is kind of on pace to who I expected Carolina to be. Yeah, it was back and forth, this game, right? And I was following it from afar. My eyes were glued on another game uh, in the sport of college football on Saturday and and saw that North Carolina jumped out of the gates very quickly and had a 21-7 lead at the end of the first quarter. I was like, oh, boy, it looks like they've really found their rhythm since that opening loss to Virginia Tech to start the season. And then all of a sudden you're watching the highlights and going into half, Brendan Armstrong throws an incredible touchdown pass in the final 30 seconds of the first half. And they take a 28-24 lead into the locker room over North Carolina. And I said, oh, boy, we might be in for a game there between <laughs> North Carolina and Virginia, the South's oldest rivalry. That right. wasn't the case at all in the second half, Candace. I mean, I looked up, and I was like, man, North Carolina. Mac Brown said something at the break because right, they right. played inspired football the rest of the way, uh, won that third quarter by a score of 21-3. to left no doubt whatsoever, and as you said, won by that 20-point margin of 59-39. to Good win for North Carolina, truly, and another good day for Sam Howe, passing with five more touchdowns through the air. Well, allegedly, Brian Anderson, uh, one of the guards
1: at – on the offensive line said that a defensive lineman from Virginia, I believe his name is Mandy Alonzo, was alluding to the fact that Carolina's going to come out fast. They're going to come out hard, but they're not going to be able to sustain it, right? Those guys are soft. And Sam Howell was saying, listen, you, talk, you call us off. We're here to prove it, and we're going to show you how good we are. So maybe Carolina just needs more people to talk junk to them, right? Maybe that's wall that's been missing is people continue to talk junk. But Carolina being able to back it up, that is one thing Carolina has missed, the missing piece where they find themselves scrambling in the fourth quarter. And I, I swore to you, I knew it was going to be tied going into the fourth. Now I was like, this is a Carolina of old. This is what we're used to seeing. But to put, like to step on the neck and keep the pressure on, I was you know certainly excited. And I, you know, of course, want to call out the 75-yard touchdown from Joffrey Brown, having his brother Deami there. I think everyone talked about Joffrey's speed the entire offseason, and now he finally got a glimpse of it. Hopefully there's more to come there. But overall, definitely excited to see from what I saw from Carolina. And now, I mean, what do we say about the coastal right Duke sitting here higher in the coast than anyone expected Carolina finally trying to make its case to be at the top Pitt, you know, wet the bed <laughs> against yeah. Western Michigan. It's a scramble. This is just insanity, but it's not even like good insanity in a sense. You know, some people talk about like sec, you are like, Oh, who's going to fight to be on top. Like it's this, you battle of like really great games. It's almost like who can just battle not to be awful
0: here no no, no doubt and i've got one more thought to add on on north carolina and that win again 20 point margin over virginia yeah the individual performances that we saw in that game were spectacular Coffer Mount, a great play to get a touchdown 75 yards as you mentioned how about josh downs 203 yards receiving for north carolina and then out of the backfield candace sam howe ran for over 100 yards himself at 112 and then ty chandler Two yards shy of a 200-yard game. He had 198 rushing yards and had two touchdowns on the ground as well. I was a little critical of him last week on the show, so Mm -hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't give him praise this week. In an ACC game, averaging nearly 10 yards per carry, a large chunk of that was on a 60-yard run that he had in the game, but still, Ty Chandler was great. Yeah. 198 rushing yards. We know Sam Howell's going to do his thing out there on the football field. But, Candace, when North Carolina can have a running game like that, that's when I know that they are the best team in the Coastal Division. And I think they're starting to find their groove. And I would say to the rest of the ACC, and I hate to say this because Duke is two weeks out on October 2nd, watch out because the Tar Heels are starting to gain some momentum. Listen, if I had told you that
1: Carolina of last year was going to have less rushing yards than the team that did when we saw on Saturday, you wouldn't believe me. Like Javante Williams and Michael Carter had less rushing yards than Ty Chandler. Yeah, absolutely not. So you're a hundred percent correct in that. I think he heard everybody talking junk about him and he was over it and he delivered underneath the lights and they'll have that opportunity again this week against Georgia tech. But overall, Pleasantly surprised from Carolina and hoping to see more as we continue the season. But I want to ask you about your favorite game of the weekend. It does not necessarily have to be, you know, Duke or Carolina, but anybody in the ACC or, you know, we love college football here. You might throw something out there just for funsies. But first, yeah. I'm going <laughs> right. to remind you. No, go ahead.
0: No, I can't wait. I'm excited. Let's do this program and then we'll
1: (laughs) talk. There you go. I want to remind you guys that we are back and better than ever. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from basketball, boxing, to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, that's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Please use promo code Locked On. Wrapping up today's show here with J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils. And we had a lot of fun during week three. Highs
0: and lows for the ACC for sure. But we'll love to know your favorite game here, J.J. Yeah, we had a lot of good college football this past weekend, and so we've mentioned this before. I am a uh, Auburn University alum. They had a pretty big game this weekend, a wideout versus Penn State, that did not go in the Tigers' favor, Penn State winning that one 28-20. That was a great football game, primetime um, on ABC with, with Kirk Street on the call. Spectacular. That's not what I wanted to talk about, though. What I wanted to bring up was the Georgia Tech and Clemson game that okay. took place in the ACC Because of the fact, first and foremost, I think that weather delay is still going on, Candace. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh. That was insane. It was almost
1: two hours. I was following one of my friends who covers it, Alexa Corbett. She covers, uh, with I think it's the state.com. But either way it goes, I could not believe that they were still waiting to play two hours later, and, like, you were on the TV screen, and it was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to give you highlights of Indiana game, and it's like, how many more highlights can we get? We've seen every single
0: play. Might as well just reshow the whole game. Right. right. You it know, insanity. No, no idea when it's going to end. And then I mentioned the television coverage that comes in because that's your ABC game, but you know that the Auburn and Penn State game is the game everybody wants to watch in America. It's supposed to come on ABC, but we've got football to be left. There were 30 seconds left in the first half. And so they didn't even have a halftime, right? Because it's like, we're not going to play for 30 seconds and then take another 15, to 20-minute break. Right. But what's the conversation with Clemson after the first three weeks of the year? Obviously, they had that epic game against Georgia, and I talked about the lack of offense, but being able to put up with it because the defenses were so, so good. But I still don't think Georgia Tech is that impressive. And what's going on with Clemson? I'm just. Fascinated I mean, by this. Jordan Yates being your
1: guy. We've all. I mean, we have plenty of guys on the show here. Really high on Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. He's hurt, so having George Jordan Yates be your leader, and then Jameer Gibbs pretty much running all over at Clemson defense when it came down to the final play. But my thing was, you know, at the end of the day you got to talk about energy and emotion and leadership. And I think DJ's still figuring that out, right? He's still figuring out how to be a leader coming off of Trevor Lawrence is very difficult. Having to be the person who follows in that, those footsteps can I'm sure he's stressed out every single game, but at the same time, you know, it shouldn't, it does come down to a guy like James Skalski who does, I think he lives breathes Clemson football. So overall, I think that it was a great game for Georgia tech to say, okay, There's something there, but it also wasn't very much an eye-opener for Clemson. I hope that it was a wake-up call in the right direction, but it it made me feel like Clemson's very vulnerable.
0: Like They're they're beatable. For sure. Just 126 yards passing for DJ for Clemson, Uh, not great. You would love to see that number obviously be more improved. They're clearly missing Travis Etienne. I know Shipley found the end zone twice for Clemson, but he's not electric and dynamic in the backfield, at least at this point in his career. Georgia Tech had 309 yards of offense. Clemson had 284. This is not the Nebraska 1970s and 1980s football that we were talking about earlier. Those are total yards of offense that both of those teams had. Most teams are getting that in the first half this day and age uh, when you're talking about 284 yards of offense or 309. And then on top of that, I mean – if you like to watch the punter, this was the game for you because there was just not a lot going on. And I'm really curious how Clemson can respond to this, right? Because it's a win. That's what's important. You're not responding to a loss just yet. But they're going to Raleigh this weekend, right, to take on NC State. That's going to be a crazy environment for that game. Then Boston College, Cherokees, Pittsburgh, like big ACC games coming up for Clemson. I'm really curious to see what they look like over the next few weeks. JJ, I think NC State is going to be Clemson this weekend. I think it's going to happen. I I, I would not be surprised. (laughs) I would not be surprised at this point. If if you told me that before the year, I'd say you're lying. Like, what is wrong (laughs) with you? But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, if it was the fact that it's in Carter Finley, I have a feeling. I feel like people are going to stay. Like they're not like traditionally at Carter Finley Stadium at the halftime, fans go out to the parking lot, get another beverage or so and come back in. And so they or they don't, they're not able to come back in, if you get my drift, right? right. And so this game with how they're regulating things with COVID protocols, they're staying in more frequently. So I think with the energy and seeing how vulnerable Clemson can be, Carter Finley's gonna be a nut. It's going to be nuts. And I think that energy, and can DJ respond to that? We talked about him and his leadership. He's either going to have the game of his life on Saturday or he's going to freaking blow this one. And I'm excited to see either.
0: Yeah, I I hope it's the game of his life. It's not this anti-NC State thing. Yeah. But we live in this world where, I mean, everybody is so quick to make these judgments. That's what I want to do right now. Like, I brought this up, right? I'm ready to be like, okay, is this guy legit or not? (laughs) That's not fair to DJ. And so for that matter, I know that this talk has been a hundred times worse than our dialogue right now. So I would love to see somebody like that go out on the biggest stage and show out. Man, F that. Like, listen, if Bryce Young probably gets annihilated if he
1: doesn't blink the correct way down in Alabama. If you want to <laughs> be in the best of the best, if you want to be part of some of the best teams in the nation, you're going to take that brutal scrutiny. For like, sure. this is Clemson has earned this right, right? They are now this team where people are going to say if we're not looking good, if we're not sharp, if we're not rolling over beating teams by 70, Huh, what's going we on here?
0: More.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dabo, this might be the time to reevaluate some of our offensive coordinators. Like, I feel You're like Cody right. Elliott is getting so much grief here. But, you know, I mean, we'll wait for Saturday. We'll see how it rolls. JJ, it's always fun to get to talk to you. Can you please remind
0: me and the rest of my audience here of where they can find you and follow your work? Locked on Blue Devils every single day, Candace. We are less than 50 days away from the start of the college basketball season. 49 days and counting here today. Uh, Really excited about that. We're recording this on Tuesday for the show. Uh, Duke got a big commit yesterday, the number two overall player in the class of 2022. John Shire has things looking good. So Locked on Blue Devils, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow me on Twitter uh, at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. I love chatting with you, Candice. Thank you. Of course, JJ, you really undersold that, though, because this is Coach K's final season. And it's how do you time. not want to
1: stay tuned with JJ every single day to see what's going on? Like, nah, don't don't bear the lead here. Like, this is the last ride for our the last guys. Ride. That's right. It's going to be nuts. And like the fact that, you know, his last game is going to be at Karen playing Carolina like that. You can't write a better storybook <laughs> than that. Can't that's, wait. <laughs> that's seriously beautiful. Well, if you guys Want to learn more, make sure you follow him there. And also, if you are looking to bet through this season, I strongly encourage you to bet with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling on our new Locked on Bets podcast. Get daily picks, love specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day all the Locked on Beds podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. For Keenan Cooper and JJ Jackson, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. It is Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll have our power rankings for the ACC. It should be crazy, but nonetheless, it should be fun. Until next time.